Blog Talk Radio. Playing Sports City Chefs from Amazon Music. Uh, <laughs> hanging in a trail of mine. <laughs> Sorry. 
we be lucky we got him. <laughs> I ever you ever heard the Ghostface version of that good time? Yeah, he did, he took that of that course. old song and did a rap. Yeah, that's like one of my fan, favorites. Like you know, uh, he took his rap from um, damn, what's the what's the song off of Cuban Link? Um, not Spot Rushes. I can't remember the one he did. It was. Uh, it was, I think, it was Wisdom Body. And he used that to the first part of the song, and then he just freaked it by the end. It's just timeless, timeless, right? Timeless. Um, yeah, listen. Um, no, let's talk a little baseball before the before the other uh, chefs get in the building. So, I mean, listen. Uh, the Yanks stink. They still stink. But um, the Baltimore Orioles clinched the spot. The Rays clinched the spot. Minnesota is up. Nine games on the Guardians, who are nine games under 500. So um, it is inevitable that they will get that um, playoff spot. I think they're over 99.9% um, <laughs> like uh, probability to, for a playoff spot, right? Um, the Astros haven't clinched yet, uh, but they're leading their division by a half game. That West is really tight with the Rangers and the, and the Mariners. Um, unfortunate situation with the Angels. They look like they had so much problem promise and, and they just fell off a cliff. Um, the Blue Jays, um, you know, they should be able to get to that last spot. The Yankees are almost eight and a half bad loss last night. They had to sweep that series with Toronto to even have a shot the last two weeks. This is what they're going to get in. Then you flip over to the National League. The Braves clinch. The Dodgers clinch. The Dodgers just just keep winning. The Dodgers just do Dodger things, right? Uh, Arizona, you know, they fell off a little bit. They've come back. They're they're making it very interesting out there in the West. But the Bra- the Braves clinch. Phillies are, are are still in it with the Marlins, the Brewers in Chicago. Chicago's a heck of a story too, TP, because everybody thought they were going to sell that te- that um the, the pieces off of that team, right? And they're still um, they're still in the hunt for a playoff spot. If the season ended right now, they would be in that last wild card spot. So kudos to them. And then you got the Marlins and, and the Cincinnati Reds uh, trailing those two. And the, the Giants still mathematically are in it as well. So I mean, just real quick, I mean, what what are you thinking about? You mentioned the Twins; they should get that division. Anything else stand out to you in, in baseball before we flip the page on to some other stuff? Oh. You didn't see what just happened in Milwaukee. I'm glad you brought that up. Their pitcher just got yes. popped for PED UTs out for the entire season next year. They gave him a 162-game suspension. Um, this is the second time getting caught with PED use. And the mm-hmm. bad part about it is the Brewers are playing as good, and, and this happens to them now. It's like, uh-oh, like, is this the bad karma that comes around them, like, at this time? Because they usually play well throughout the season. They may have a postseason appearance, and just something goes on in the postseason. And now, right at the doorstep of the postseason, right. this right. melee happens to the Brewers at this point in time. Um, it's still it's still interesting how the uh, NL Central is going to look, but it looks like the Brewers may really have a hand on that situation. But that news, I, I really didn't think I would see a year-long suspension but now right. people are still like trying to test the waters, and um, this is this is significant news coming out of Milwaukee at this point in time. But um, I was watching the game today. Arizona actually put a stomp in the San Francisco today. That was an interesting game today too. Um, the West is very interesting, uh, but just like you said, the Dodgers have capitalized year after year, and, and uh, I, I feel like that's their division until somebody really could prove that they could actually do it a season 
and do it consistently, right. not just, oh, we're going to threaten you and watch you over overcome somehow. The Dodgers have really taken over the West, or a.k.a. NL California. That's what I really want to call it, North, uh, you know, National League California. Um, <laughs> interesting, interesting enough, in the AL, with the way the Orioles is finally clinching, the way that they celebrated, they deserve it because all of the stuff that they've been through, yeah. sitting underneath the box and the Yankees and – you know, trying to fight this one out with the Rays and see how the uh, the East goes down. But I think that the Orioles may hang on, especially with uh, what they have tomorrow. They go up against the Guardians. Please, Orioles, beat them so I can be happy about something. Um, but all in all, it's intense going into uh, October. The, the postseason is here. I told you the bird months, and, and this is my favorite season of fall, and it's just kicking off the right way. And, the, the fortunate situation is, is like I said, Minnesota sitting atop the L Central. We're in it without the Yankees to, to have to worry about. So at least they're out of the way. And um, New York will be shut down for the postseason. And I want to see how both sides of the city get it together. I think more than likely the Yankees will definitely bounce back and start signing like crazy and using that that uh that wallet or, or pocketbook, however they want to do it to spend. They're, I know they're going to go on the next season trying to get a big name, especially Otani being out there. I know that that's a, a fish they're going to try and catch, but um, I don't want to see it because I feel like it, it's fair. Like like keep the balance and the parity around the league. But I know the Yankees are they'll do anything. I feel like it'll be the year when they got Sheffield and Clemens and all of them. Everybody was getting big numbers in in the boogie down. So um, this is an interesting situation to see how it is going to go down. I, I want to see how the Otani sweepstakes goes. I'm still, like, state of shock the way that they shut him down, and he literally cleared everything out of Anaheim and uh, yeah. basically let the Angels know that he was done. That That's still stunning to me, that the way that he did it, and knowing that he's one of those no-nonsense people and he, he doesn't really know the English language, so it ain't like we get to pick up so much off of him at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. But um, now now that that door is open – I'm wondering where he, you know, is looking to hang his hat. Um, and if you want, you could take yourself to Minneapolis, Minnesota. We have a ton of pieces we can start coughing up. Like I said, we still have the best farm in baseball. That's why I said it. I'm, and I'm biased, and I know it for a fact. Minnesota has the best farm in baseball. We've been feeding the league for years. We we fed the Yankees, Chuck Knobloch. We, 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 listen, we, we've done this to everybody, so don't. Don't worry. We got pieces for Anaheim. We will give y'all whatever y'all want for Shohei Otani. You hear me? I actually might even throw in Byron Buxton, like I said before. If y'all want to put Trout in the bag, we take them two, bring them in. We can do some things now. We can do some things. Just talk to us, man. Just talk to us. That's all I want. But this has been a good year. Some shocks, some ups and downs. And like I said, for a 462-game ban, I thought I'd never see the day, and it came. Yeah, I mean, your Yankee point, I don't see them spending any money. I think they would probably swing a bat at Otani, but they're cheap. They're worried about getting under a luxury tax and not paying extra money. This isn't the Yankees that I grew up with. So I don't, you know, I think they're going to, for the international player in Japan that that Cashman scouted a week or two ago, a week ago I think it was. But other than that, I don't trust them to spend any money or to spend it responsibly. They'll be dumb enough to, to go after Trout and take his stupid contract. So, anyway, I, I think Otani I, – I, what's interesting, I want to ask you real quick, and then I'm going to bring the other chefs in. Um, Otani is, has had the surgery, is not going to pitch in 2024, 
but says he wants to pitch. Or he will pitch, not wants to. He will pitch in 2025. Do you think he should keep pitching? Because I think that is part of the problem with him, trying to get through a season uh, as a hitter and as a pitcher. Do you think he should be a pitcher going forward? That is a very, very heavy and good question. I can't lie. Um, I know where you're leaning, and I'm with Mm. you. I don't think he should pitch. I don't think so. Mm. I think that's what's threatening him right now. I think he should save as much as he can because this guy is a bomb threat in the league. And um, I think he's more of a terror at the plate than – being helpful on the bump. Like, yes, you're a good pitcher. You get the job done. Your ERA is decent. You bring wins to the club, but it ain't worth you risking keep throwing your shoulder or arm out or, or doing something else different while we could use you at the plate and, and uh, not too many pitchers can pitch to you. Um, you're a significant right. Asian batter similar to, like, Ichiro, where almost seems like every time you come up, is a hit being had, and – um you starting to find your way in the game. I, there's no way that I could watch you out of my lineup. I'm doing anything to keep you there. I'm I'm willing to put extra uh, body tissue in your body to make sure that you don't have any of these mishaps going through MRIs. Like I'm I'm making sure that you could get through every situation. So I I agree with you. If if, I, if I'm doing this correctly, I'm not wasting time letting Otani pitch anymore. Otani, you sit out here. And look at your player card out of your pocket, choose some sunflower seeds and spit some craps out and do what you gotta do. You are not pitching anymore. That's a threat to your game and um I d I don't wanna see you lost. I'm I'm looking at it similar to what you had to go through. The Yankees sat up here and invested hundreds of millions of dollars in the judge. Judge Tiz Lehman and told they forced everything impossible to get him back. And that's the that's damn near a half a billion dollar investment that they're rushing back. That's the same thing I'm doing with Otani, I'm investing this much time and money in you. You get back here. I'm not. I'm, no, I, I don't. I'm not. Letting, you are not pitching, bro. That's it. I'm, you're done. You can tell your agent I'm how tough. So what? Screw it. I feel like he's doing it to command a, a really massive contract as a pitcher and as a hitter, like as an MVP candidate and a Cy Young, a perennial Cy Young contender, right? Like to command over 400 you know, million dollars or more. Yeah, like, I feel like that's what he's trying to do. So, I mean, I, I agree. I would not let him pitch anymore. I mean, maybe even maybe in relief, but honestly, just no. Like, I wouldn't have him pitch anymore. Like, I think you can have a better career as a hitter, and you can make more money as a hitter than you can as a pitcher. But I think he's trying to make the money as both. But I, I got Mr. Harvey in. I want to bring him in, calling out of the 615. Our resident uh, fan and LSU Tiger fan, New Orleans Saints fan, and what have you, Mr. Harvey? What's going on, brother? Uh, what's up, man? I disagree with with both of you wholeheartedly on your last statement. Okay. I understand where you guys are. I understand where you guys are coming from, but I just think that for a guy that has swing and miss type stuff, you know, there's an old saying that uh, you know, 30 teams in baseball are looking for pitching, and this guy has. A-plus type stuff. I think I would really look uh, to convert him into a reliever possibly, even if not permanently, at least for a couple of years because I think it would take uh, – I think it might take a little bit of strain off of his arm and having to throw, you know, 100-plus pitches each time out. 
because uh, you still usually throw in between, you know, side sessions in between starts. So I would look at trying to maybe – he's got, you know, like I said, swing and miss dominant type stuff. So he could close games, much like what John Smoltz did many years ago. Uh, but, yeah, I, you know, pitchers make a ton of money too, a lot of money if you could pitch. And you only got to run out there every fifth day. So I, I can understand exactly where you guys are coming from. Uh, the – the two things I'll say in response is the good thing about it being a free agent TP is if you get him to come to Minnesota, you don't have to give Anaheim anything. You just take him. Yeah. Uh, and then the other uh, thing is, I think if if anybody tries to talk to him about giving up pitching in uh, their recruiting pitch for him, unless they blow him out of the water with some kind of uh, contract that just boggles the mind. Um, I think that that's the quickest way to completely uh, cause him to lose interest in coming to your franchise. I think he legit wants to do both, and I think he's good at both. I can understand why you would want to take one away from him, but I think he legit wants to do both. He said he's willing to come back and just hit next year, and I think he'll be fine as a hitter next year. But he really wants to pitch in 25. And if an organization wants to take that pitching away from him, I don't think they're going to be able to sign him. Yeah, I mean, I uh, pick one because it's not working. I mean, it's exciting for a little bit, but you can't finish your season. So, I mean, pick one. I mean, uh, that's just how I feel. I, and, and, and I think the unicorn kind of pitching, hitting thing is, is a novelty act that is kind of getting – not tiresome, but it's like, dude, you can't it, – it's not sustainable. It clearly isn't. I, I don't see how – you know, it's like – there's always something with his elbow or something like that, and then it's the hitting. It's, it's too much, man. Pick one. You know, I mean, it's not it's not the worst thing in the world. TP, you want to respond to this real quick? Yeah, uh, I could care less if he disagree or agree. The fact of the matter is that this dude is missing an entire season from this potential situation. Just like he said, he'll be in and out of the rotation every couple of days or so ever. He's still throwing the ball while he's in the field. His arm is not getting any rest. He's still going to throw, you know, warm-ups while he's out there on the field. Like, his arm is not going to get rest, and he's getting older. Like, that is a two-year removed situation that you're looking at. I get that he's important in in a rotation, and I get that he wants to do it. But just like I said, he's getting older. Look at Look at the threat that – the Yankees had with Judge, and everybody's like, well, don't give him that much money because he's 30 already, and the eight years that they give him, he'll be 38. By, that's that's something that that's going to be considered. He's going to be older, and, and this is the crazy part. He's starting to look injury-prone. Otani's starting to look injury-prone now. Like, as bad as I don't want to label him that, he's been in and out of the lineup. So I'm going to try and preserve him. And, 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 look, I've been front row looking at somebody as dangerous and important to a team as Byron Buxton. Byron Buxton, they're trying their best to save him. They took him out of the field to keep him at the plate. It's just that this dude is Mr. Glass. This dude can't even run and, and slide in the second base with nobody attempting to hit him or anything and they'll jam his knee up. Like it's, These are things to try to save the player from themselves. I know you heard the slogan, save the player from themselves, and this is exactly what the organization could do is to save him from at least throwing the ball. Like If his arm is tired or He's tearing something in his elbow. This is this is something that we can help prevent, not watch him try to dominate the league because he's going to give it his all. It's not like he's going to sit up here and throw lollipop Tim Wakefield uh, change-ups. That's not what's going to happen. So he, he's, he's a threat at, at the end of the day. I'd rather have him at the plate 
Would you tell me what's more damaging, him at the plate with a over three hundred something average, or him still getting you a, a twelve and four record pitching? Yeah, I mean, you know, serious. Just you know, he's on his way in. Not too long. He he had a a comment in response to what we're cooking cooking about, and he says, if if he's got if he's meaning. Uh, Otani, if he's got to run out there every fifth day, why in the world is he not already protecting himself? He's an athlete that has been doing this his whole career. Shouldn't he already know how to do this by now? Yeah, I mean, you know, they try to protect him by making him a DH, right? And, um, you know, and then pitching him every fifth day. I mean, I just, I really don't feel like it's sustainable. Yeah, you know what I mean? He's never played in the field. So, I, I just, I feel like you know, the injuries that he sustained has been as a pitcher and not as really as a hitter, right, to, for the most part. Yeah. Um, and in this latest one, Mike, right, it was uh, it was the elbow or shoulder, what have you. So, no, it's an elbow. So this is his second – this is his second Tommy John. And that's why – I listen, I, I agree with you. I'm just saying I think you're going to – I think an organization that tries to tell him from the very beginning that they don't want him to mm-hmm. pitch at all, I don't think they're going to be able to sign him. And so what? So and I don't, what I'm I don't saying think is, that, I don't. What I'm, go ahead, go, I'm sorry. I'm just saying I think I I think I'd take the halfway approach and say, you know what? Here's the deal. We know you can hit next year, and we want you to hit. And we think that it's more impactful that you can impact the team on a daily basis with your bat in the lineup. Okay, I get that. I 100% agree with that too. But I do think mm-hmm. you have to tell him, you know what? We'll give you a look in the spring in 25 when you've had, you know, a year and a half post Tommy John to see where your arm is. But we really might want to have a conversation about you being a reliever because we think if we only need you say 50 or 60 innings versus 150, Mm -hmm. we think that uh, you can still do a little bit of both and we can still take care of your arm because 56 innings, I, I guarantee you he still punches out 90 to 100 guys or more. Like, he, he's got that kind of stuff. So, I'm just saying I believe I would go that, you know, ideally if you could get him to not pitch, great. I just don't think it's going to work. So, ideally, I think I would throw that pitch at him and go happy medium. Can we maybe look at you? Uh, let's ease you in for a few games, p- pitch you in the spring, see what you look like. Use you as a reliever. We, you know, we have the Otani rule now that says if you come in and pitch, or if you if you pitch, right. then you leave the game. We keep the DH. They made that rule specifically for you. So let's just try mm-hmm. throughout this. You look coming out of the pen. Maybe you could be a closer too. At, because at the end of the day, if you could be a closer and, and knock down, you know, forty fifty saves on a winning team, uh, then. There's a lot of value in that too. Look at the contract that Edwin Diaz just signed, right? So, and and then he right. didn't get to fulfill it because of his injury. So, I, I'm just I think you're going to be hard pressed to get him to sign with you if you tell him that you absolutely don't want him to pitch anymore. So I just think that's a happy medium. You yeah, I mean, I just I mean, he went from starting right, saying right. that he could disagree, he couldn't disagree with any of us, and then he said he agrees with us, like. This is where the debate team is, Mike. Like, at the end of the day, I get where you're coming from, but I'm not risking that wherever his next contract is, is going to be well over $250 million. I guarantee it. 
I guarantee he's seeing over two hundred fifty million dollars. I cannot watch him sit up there and and dissolve how much money I'm gonna end up throwing this guy. I don't care where he goes. I don't care if he goes to Atlanta. I don't care where he goes. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, if he and this is his second time, I told you. I said he's injury prone, and I don't want to attack that to him. That's to be considered right. at the end of the day. Like if this, if this is a basketball thing when they say that, or they say it in football too. Like if a quarterback get hurt, he's out there limping and trying to throw the ball around. Save it from himself. We'll lose with the backup. Sorry. Right. I'm sorry at the end of the day. I don't care what he think he could do, but if, if – and picture him coming back and not having his stuff. What if his pitcher ain't there? Then, then it's like, oh, we, we got him here to try to pitch, and he feel like he could prove it. Like, I don't know. I'm I'm an 80s baby, but I grew up in the 90s heavy. There was a movie, for example, and I know it's a different situation from sports to what I'm about to say. There's a movie called Mo Better Blues. I don't know if y'all ever heard of the movie. Star Denzel right. Washington – Wesley Snipes and Spike Lee. And Denzel's go-to was him playing the trumpet. You get what I'm saying? He went out there to save Spike Lee, got his lips busted, and couldn't blow the trumpet no more. You see what I'm saying? And that took away uh-huh. from everything. And this is the same situation. They're saving from it before he embarrassed himself because he tried to go out there and try to play and couldn't do it anymore and thought he could because he was the best in the city. And this is the same situation uh-huh that uh, Otani's in right now. He's one of the best pitchers in the league, but if he's, he's torn up and you're going to sit him out there and try to throw out there, he's going to get uh, raked on, and then that could screw his confidence on the bump at the end of the day. Like, no, I'd rather him be the threat at the plate and, and create runs or get on the bases, slugging percentage go up. There's so many pluses to him at the plate comparison to him trying to force himself pitching, like especially with the injury looking like it's a pitch-related situation. And this is this has happened on – Several occasions, I, 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 like I said, I, we could agree or disagree, but I'm disagreeing with you wholeheartedly. At the end of the day, fine. He just ain't. Yeah, I mean, I, I just he can't pitch. That's all. Oh, oh so, so what? Like, you like, dude, tough. Like, you want to pitch? You're, you're not, you're not gonna do it because you've had two elbow injuries related to your pitching. I, as good as you are, I can, I think you're more valuable. 162 games a season that you are pitching every fifth day, pitching about 33 games. If you make it Bingo. 33 games, that's Bingo. that's why I'm paying you over 200, maybe 300 million dollars a year, not to not to be available 33 games a year. I'm pitch, I'm paying you to be on like in on, at the bat because you don't play the field as a DH. 162 games. That's that's it. Like I, I just, as an organization, it's I'm investing in you. That's what I want to invest in. And like as a circus act, and then get their money wasted. Go for it. Be my guest. That's just that's how I feel about it. I, I think he can pitch. I think he's a terrific pitcher. I don't think he's more valuable as a pitcher than he is as a hitter. That's just how I see it, Mike. Go ahead, and then I want to move on to another topic. Yeah, I got you. And he's going. He might come back. He may not even be able to throw the ball the same anymore anyway after this, right? So right, right. That's absolutely right. So that's why you, you know, I agree with TP. You just got to protect him from himself. Okay, so seriously, okay, yeah, that's that's what I said. I agree with TP. Like you got to protect him from himself. Serious, you know, also said, you know, he liked the idea of a closer, but to me, I just, I, I mean, I don't even want to risk that because that's more, not more innings, but more appearances, more stress that I just, no, I can't, I can't do it. Um, but I, I definitely want to move on. So, you know, yesterday we had the news that, and we talked about it a little bit in our in our group chat, that uh, 
Michigan State is looking is going to look to uh, replace Mel Tucker as the head football coach uh, amid all the allegations of you know sexual harassment and what have you. Um, he's come out today and said that you know there's other motives at play and there's been a bias against him throughout the process, possibly that they don't want to pay him the almost $80 million that they owe him on his contract to terminate him. They want to terminate him with cause and that they don't have, um, they said, you know, he said in a, in a statement to ESPN, uh, let's be clear. I don't believe in MSU's plans to find me because I admittedly admitted to an entirely consensual private relationship with another adult who gave me permission, who gave a presentation, I'm sorry, MSU, at my behest over two years ago, basically saying, you know, there's other there's other work at play, um, uh, unjust uh, firing, not too uncommon in this world, right, TP? But um, listen, I think that I think there's there's it's a, it's a messy situation. I think uh, Michigan State has to get ahead of it, and and this is the only way that they can is to, to terminate this guy, even though he's probably a good coach. You just can't allow this kind of behavior from the, the guy that's supposed to lead your program. But, you know, Tucker doesn't believe that this is a just cause. TP, I mean, this, this situation keeps getting worse and worse by the minute. What do you think about it real quick? There's a lot of money on the table, so I understand both sides of the story. Um, mm-hmm. Four City, please stay tuned to everything that's going on in the kitchen because it's going to probably get very nasty tomorrow in the gumbo, that's for sure. Um, this is something that I've been talking to with Chandler Knight. Every, Chandler's been calling me every day about the situation. He really can't wait to come in here and go crazy about the Mel Tucker <laughs> situation. Um, I, me, personally, I feel like he needs to let it go, because at the end of the day, you can't stop the machine. You put yourself in this situation However your right. family life is, just like Chandler said the other day, that had better been the best scenario in your life for you to risk that much money on one person at one time, so on and so forth at the end of the day. Let it go. You already know that the local, not local, excuse me, the national agenda has all been looking at uh, East Lansing, Michigan, after what Larry Nasser did with the, uh, you know, the gymnast girls and he's facing 200-some-odd years in prison right now, you think you you just going to walk away scot-free and get money? Like, who are you? Like, I, I I don't get it. Like, every network possible is following that university, and you did this, is it a year? Within a year of what I think NASA was within a year? It, okay, well, let's just say two years. This is what I can say, say that you're going to pull this, like, and not be about the young adults at the end of the day. Like, you're responsible for somebody's child at the end of the day. I, Chandler, thank you. Chandler, thank you, because you made me wake up to this. You are responsible for somebody's child that you went into somebody's living room and said, look, trust me with your child. I, I got the best interest for him for the next four years or however, what type of athlete he may be at the end of the day on trying to be a, a student athlete or become a something outside of football or, or becoming a football player going into the league, so on and so forth. And this is what you turn it into. And then to ice the cake, this is where we lay at as African American men, Barry. This yeah. is where the I told folks come into play. This is where oh, they 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 they're showing you that they can't coach. Look at this situation. You had to do so much out of having a fire season to get that type of contract to ruin it at the end of the day. 
just for your own guilty pleasures at the end of the day. Um, he needs to let it go to get out of the, the uh, day-by-day person-to-person agenda at the end of the day. The way that – and also right around them, Pat Fitzgerald just did some freaky stuff with Hazen with the kids, so on and so forth. The Big Ten has such a black eye right now with these coaches going back and forth, and you and Fitzgerald just spoiled that you two may be screwed out of football altogether. I'm talking about high school, college – you damn sure probably both of y'all won't walk into the pros either. So I, I I really feel bad on the unfortunate situation that both of you guys created out of the Big Ten being Pat Fitzgerald and uh, Tucker. But Tucker's situation is more heavier because, uh, you know, he's, he was on school grounds using school properties things to, to make this ordeal go down. Like, and he better hope they don't have this conversation recorded. If they got this recorded, he could just go hide in the cave and, and be a Geico right. commercial and be easier than a caveman could do it because this, this looks terrible <laughs> at the end of the day. Right, right. Yeah, it's a messy situation. Uh, Mike, but let me get your opinion on this, and then I got uh, Sirius in here. I want to get him the, the clip. Man, I, listen, it's a, it's a bad situation in the first place, especially if you're messing around with somebody whose entire job was to come, you know, talk to players about preventing that. Like, why would you even run the right. risk of barking up that tree, right, first and foremost? Second of all, now, he said that uh, some of this was in response to him, like, pushing back a presentation until August that was supposed to happen in the spring, and she got mad mm-hmm. about it. But listen, I, there may be – there may you know, this may be a situation where there's three sides of the story one side, the other side, and the truth. But at the end of the day, and in today's environment and today's culture, especially considering where this has taken place, you ain't going to get no benefit of any doubt, bro. Like, you might as well just take it and, and move on. You, you you got a good bit of money from there. I don't know what you're going to do next, but, you know, work on repairing your family or whatever you need to do in the aftermath of this because you're not going to get anything um, to come out. Yeah, you could sue you could appeal to whoever you want. You go to the mountaintop and appeal to Jesus. Like it, it, you're just not gonna get anything to go to break mm. your way in this, Mel Tucker. Yeah, I mean, listen. At the end of the day, uh, you know, Chandler said it the other day. He said it better have been the best orgasm he's ever had in his life because it cost him eighty million. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a lot of mess with this, right? I mean, you know, the information was supposed to be confidential. The, the university was, was quote-unquote, keeping it under wraps and handling Once it leaked out, then they felt like they had to terminate them. Like, you surprised? That's how business works. That's how the money works. If they can keep it under wraps and try to, you know, keep business as usual, um, they'll keep doing that. But once it got out, they have to save face. They got to terminate you. That's, that's the name of the game because they can't make money with you now. It's about the money, man. Like, you know, you just cost yourself. And, like, even still, if it was consensual, now, what makes you think, why would you want to go have this type of relationship with a woman that was a rape survivor on, on a campus? Like, it just doesn't make any sense, man. Like, you got to make better decisions, bro. Um, I, I, I don't know. But seriously, is in the building. I'm going to bring him in, one of our, our, our hosts of uh, the NFL free-for-all, Mr. Serious, Aaron Simmons, calling out of 703. And I, I, he might be in a different area code zip code this uh this evening but you know serious what's going on bro? 
<laughs> What's going on, gentlemen? Again, sorry I'm turning to the party, but I'm going to pick right up where you guys laid it down. Uh, this Mel Tucker yep. thing has me <laughs> has me shook for, for a number of reasons. First and foremost, everything that I am reading about the situation is fishy. Um, but I will right. say this. Um, the gentleman is, you know, Mr. Tucker is saying that he is innocent. He's saying in a statement to ESPN that he had a consensual relationship with an adult who showed up on campus to do a presentation. So unless we all know something that is not being said here, I am inclined until proven otherwise to take the man at his word. You know what I'm saying? If it was two consensual adults doing consensual grown folk things, and, you know, there's no wrong in that. Now, if, you know, one of the parties decided to to, to say no or go left, then that's where the issue comes into play. So I am inclined to wait till all the facts come out, but I do know this about Michigan State and Mel Tucker. They have been looking for a reason to get rid of him for a very, very, very long time. Right. Go back right. for several years. So if, if, if this is the quote-unquote, I hate to use this phrase, if this is the smoking gun that Michigan State is using to get rid of Mel Tucker, then this gives more credence to what he's saying about there being a miscarriage of justice and improper motives for his firing. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to keep it a whole mm-hmm. buck with you guys. You know what I'm saying? If I walk into my job tomorrow and I'm, you know, I'm getting fired, my company's not going to give me seven, six days, you know, to to, to plead my case. They're going to hand me a pink slip. They're going to, you know, remove my accesses and tell me to, you know, best of luck in my future endeavors. You know what I'm saying? So there's a lot of extracurricular crazy stuff going on with this particular situation, and I, for once, can't wait to see how it all pans out. But I will say this, and, I, and then I'll keep it pushing. If he is indeed guilty of what he's accused of, um, Larry Nasser, um, the brother from Penn State, um, Sandusky, and all these other guys who – decided to behave inappropriately on school campuses, uh, whether as with an adult or not, he should be held to the highest extent of the law. And again, to what Chandler said and Mr. Harvey alluded to, that O had to be cata- had to be off the, off the charts for you to throw away that much money. Listen, you dropped the bag. Even, even with Michigan State wanting to get rid of you, and this is very well known and well understood, you, they still have to pay you, and you just drop the right. bag because you decide to, you know, have, have, have some fun. So I, 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 I want to take him at his word, and if you know it comes out that he's guilty, then we're gonna come on here and we're gonna have some words to say. Absolutely, yeah, I can't wait. Phone, no less. On the phone, it wasn't yeah. even for real in the same place. Yeah, like yeah, you, know, right. you know, you exactly. know. Star sixty nine, like, you know, like you know, PS with love, like I, I can't with this guy. I don't know why. You on point, dog. Yeah, I, I, I don't know why he was. Got to. No, I'm serious. So this, this, I'm glad that you said it like this, because you threw Sandusky in this. What, this. what does it say about the Big Ten? Like, what's going on with Big Ten and 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 
these situations, man. This is in majority of it's uh, been football coaches. Yeah, I mean, I don't know you if know, it's just the Big Ten. I mean, it's just it's just a pig thing. Like, I these guys, you know, yeah. they're not the only ones. Like, this is a this is a bad situation. And and Sirius brings up a good point that this guy is been trying. They've been trying to get rid of him, but now they got a reason to get rid of him and not pay him. So it's like the icing on the cake, right? Um, you know, you could get terminated without cause, and, but you, they would still owe you your money, or you could sue and get your money. Like if you have, if you create a trail, if you create, um, you know, just cause through, you know, uh, complaints and all that stuff, then yeah, now you don't have to, you know, you don't have to honor the contract. But it's it's a it's a shady situation, um, you know. And honestly, I, we haven't really heard much from the quote unquote victim. So that'll be um, that'll be interesting once that comes up. But you know what? I I just can't wait for Chandler to cook. I talked to him not too long ago. Shout out to the homie Chandler hosting uh, the NFL the, the the roundtable gumbo with Mr. Mr. Harvey himself. So on uh, Thursday night, nine o'clock Eastern Standard Time, shit. Well, um, calling number is always like we say. <clears throat> excuse me. It's nine two nine four seven seven two seven five nine. I want to stick in college football for a sec, and then we can roll over to some NFL, and then we can, you know, you know, do whatever, call it, whatever. Um, there's a lot of interesting games. TP, the Hurricanes are ranked number 20. I love it. Um, but there's a lot of interesting games uh, this week. I thought the Florida State-Clemson game would be better, but Clemson's not ranked. But you got uh, number you got number 10, Oregon, uh, hosting number 19, Colorado. That's going to be an interesting game without Travis Hunter. It's a lot of Big Ten, I mean, Pac-12 uh, games. Number 11, Utah, uh, number 22, UCLA. Alabama, number 13, going up against Ole Miss, number 15. That's, mm, I don't know about that. Um, you got, a, you know, Oregon State, Washington, two ranked teams there. Um, and you Pac-2. also have the, the Pac-2 yeah, game. Yeah, Pac-2, Pac-2 game, right? Penn State and Iowa. Uh, seven o'clock, seven thirty game on CBS. CBS now has the rights to uh, to Big Ten, the Big Ten, so that should be interesting. NBC has probably maybe uh, on paper the best game, maybe the Ohio State Notre Dame game, a, a game that people probably early in the season thought Notre Dame had no chance of winning. Now hmm, it's going to be very interesting. So timeless. This is going to be probably this is probably one of the bigger weeks in college football so far, definitely with all the ranked teams playing each other. Headlined by the Pac-2 uh, plus 10. <laughs> I guess you could say, right, Pac-2 plus 10. Um, but uh, some good games going on. TP, what games uh, outside of uh, your game, Miami versus Temple, um, are, are you looking forward to? I like that this is becoming a thing now in Miami because um, at the beginning of the season, I, I just wasn't High on what we had. I, I don't feel like the aura was there, but the way that they came out the gates and starting undefeated so far is like, okay, don't get the mm-hmm. storm start to go, because I'm going to start riding out like I need to. And then if we fall short against Florida State, then it's going to be like, damn, because Florida State is the, the hotter team at the moment with the big win over LSU. So that's something to be considered. Ride with but, your um, team, dog. Ride with your team. Huh? That's your boy. No, I'm never backing out. No, Barry, you know better. Barry. You know me, you know I know. I can't, I can't wait for Miami. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Miami, Florida State has juice. 
Miami, Florida State has juice. Do you know how exciting that is? Oh, my God. It hasn't been for 20 years. Hold on. Hold on. Barry, you know me for more than half of my life. You know damn well I never back out. Never, never. I'm just saying that, <laughs> like, like the years, the years that we come in there and it's like, okay, we got some stars out here that y'all know about. Like, like, and I know the players mm-hmm. on the team, but it's like I wasn't going into the city to brag. About, I, I mean, the season to brag about them. The only one I said mm-hmm. beginning of the season was Restrepo, and now Tyler Van Dyke came out and started throwing the ball like a Connecticut cat to be throwing the ball around the yard. Like it's like, okay, now I'm back. Like. But I didn't. I didn't think they were going to have this type of static. And I still feel that the AP and the coaches' poll and USA Today are still BSing Miami because they're running the table and they're still at twenty and they're a seed behind Colorado. Yeah, Colorado can't even, from what Vegas is looking at, can't even sit in the water with Oregon right now. They shouldn't even be ranked that high if you feel the same way. And their defense is still giving up thirty some odd points a game, unless that Nebraska game comes into effect. Like that's that's the only difference I look at it, but. The Miami situation, they're going to have to continue to do their work. Uh, they're a 24-point favorite against Temple. I don't think – I think that's too many points for Miami. I really think Temple's going to make this a game. I think that's a setup. Watch out for that. I think if Miami wins, they'll probably win by, like, three scores, like 20 – I mean, 17. It won't be a 21-24. I don't think it'll be something like that. But um, looking across the board at the games um, – the Wisconsin-Purdue game, I don't know how that's going to go because both of them are, I think, middle of the pack, Big Ten. So, I, I, But I, I do favor Wisconsin in that matchup. Um, the Florida State-Clemson game, I want to see if Florida State can actually go in there and take care of business up against Clemson, not just win, because I feel like they're a way better team than what Clemson is. And I, I'm, I guess I got to show my ACC heart. I want people to beat Dabo up. As much as I don't like Florida State at all, I don't. They're my rival. And I grit when I see that that maroon and gold. But the, all of the junk and the, the swagger that Dabo throws around, Florida State, please mm-hmm. knock these dudes off of that pedestal, especially him, because I like when he loses. He don't really have nothing to say, and there's an excuse every time he loses. But I could imagine if he wins, because if he beat Florida State, oh, boy, I could imagine every media network that he's going to force this situation to. Um, lowly, Oklahoma is taking care of business across the board with their fortunate schedule. They're knocking everybody around. If Cincinnati can make that a game, that'll be another thing. Um, but definitely, I got my eyes on the Colorado-Oregon game. I definitely want to see right. if Deion can coach and keep them within the realm of that 21-point spread that Vegas has. I think so. I think this is the same situation that they had set up for TCU. TCU was a 20-point favorite, and Dion and them ended up knocking them off. I think Dion actually keeps it within the 21, but I think they may potentially lose this game because Oregon has athletes across the board. But I would not be shocked if Colorado does pull that off. I wouldn't be shocked. I um, I think Mississippi poked the bear. They, they <laughs> I, I, I yeah. get it. I do it at the end of the day, Kiffin. Like, like you've been underneath saving and doing everything you can, going to Tennessee, Ole Miss, going to so many different jobs at the SEC just to mess with saving, and now you're mocking him. You got the Crimson tied up for this game. They're going to end up taking your freaking head off. If Alabama blows them out, in the words of the rapper Christopher Wallace on the song, What's Beef, it starts out as, Ha 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 ha! I'm gonna just tell you that right now. Um, watch out. <laughs> Utah, I feel like it's gonna beat UCLA. I, 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 I'm I'm actually slowly 
putting a lot of faith in Utah the way that they've been doing their thing. Um, I'm trying to look at all of these as fast as I can. Um, and if Tennessee yeah. can bounce back from the loss that they take into, Tennessee is another team I want to see try to bounce back. The Oregon State Washington State t- game is another one I'm looking at as well. Um, Washington State, if they get bounced back up against a hot Oregon State team, Oregon State has been play, playing oppressive uh, this season as well. And I, I think uh, LSU should take care of business up against Arkansas, but it's an SEC game. So we'll see if Arkansas can hang around. But if LSU has a tight one, I, I don't believe what Brian Kelly has in store in uh, Baton Rouge. I don't believe him. Right. I, I'm just pissed because I got to go to a wedding. So I'm not going to see Colorado, Oregon. Um, kind of pissed about that. Um, it's, uh, shout out to Cav, Cav, Caviar Map. He's getting married um, weekend, so hey, Matrice, I'll huh? be at that. Yeah, so you know, Caviar does our, our theme music. Shout out to him and my, my brother Taj on the hook. Um, you know, they did the theme music for Sports City Chef, so they're getting married. So I won't, I won't be able to watch. Maybe I can do like on my phone a little bit with the volume. You think I can get away with that? Nah, you know, I don't want to. You know, yes, you can. Yes, you can. So, yes, you can. Yes, no, you look can. at me like, you, you better turn that phone off. Yeah, you know, but. Mr. Tell you I'm a football player. He's a football player. He's a football player. He's a football player. Oh, man, I'm trying to get. I'm trying to sweeten up my wife, man. I don't want to get in trouble. I don't want no dirty looks from my wife now. Man, listen, Barry, put your phone in your right hand, put your arm around her shoulder, and look at her like that. <laughs> All right, well, true, true pro. That's how we used to do it. Absolutely, earbuds, right, Mike? So uh, we'll see how it goes. But yeah, I, Bo Nix, man, he's he's going to be. This is going to be the toughest game for Colorado. I feel like if they're going to have postseason aspirations this season, right, which I think they can. I think they'll get at least the six wins and be bowl eligible. But we're talking about big bowls, right? They got to split these next two games, right? And if they're going to have to do it without. You know, arguably their 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 best player. I think Shadour Sanders obviously their best player, but Travis Hen, uh, Henry Hunter. I mean, it's a different breed, right? He's he's on both sides. He's a dangerous weapon. So they're gonna have to score points. I don't think they're gonna stop Oregon and, and Bo Nix uh, this Saturday at three thirty Eastern Standard Time. So um, they're gonna have to score with them, and I think they can. I think they're gonna make it a, a, a high scoring game. It should be a lot of fun. Um, you know, but I'm I I agree with you, TP. That Alabama Ole Miss game, Lane Kip, uh, you know, Kiffin's like, dude, like he's always got a job, and it's always pissed me off because everywhere he's gone, he's just taking a dump where he's gone. And you know, listen, Saban saved your career when you almost blew it. Uh, everywhere else you went, I think it was what USC that he was at, he almost blew it, and 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 Saban gave him that OC job. Yeah, he was at Tennessee, right? He was at FAU. He was at Tennessee. He was Alabama. Man, please, come on, Kiffin. Yeah, but see, that's the thing. Like, so, so uh, Kiffin got the job as the OC. Would saved his career. On, I don't know why, but then you know, he it was that whole beef right before the bowl game. He had got another job, and then even when he got the job. Saban fired him afterwards when he got a new coaching job. And then when they lost the bowl game, they said, well, if I was the OC, we would have won that game. Like, really? Really? That's your energy right now? That dude's a clown. I, I really never liked 
uh, Lincoln. I think he's, I respect him as a coach. I think he's a smart offensive mind, but I just, you know, that guy just, he's too much for me. But that's a revenge game. uh, Alabama just doesn't have a quarterback, right, that they can rely on. And I don't know how that happens so quickly. Um, They lost their two captains on both sides of the ball. They have no quarterback this year, so it's really tough for them. But, um, I'll come to you, Mike. Um, what games uh calling out to you this weekend? Yeah, Alabama is struggling at the line of scrimmage too, which is crazy to say yes. that the left right, side of right, the left right. side of their offensive line doesn't look very good right now. With all the five star recruits. But of course anytime Alabama signs in they magically get two or three extra stars to their name too. So uh but that's another story for another day. but not I do think uh, I think Lane Kiffin has poked the bear, so we'll see. And you got to go into Tuscaloosa and play those guys. I'm really interested to see. I'm really interested to see Ohio State Notre Dame. I want to see. Uh, you know, Sam Hartman may be the best quarterback that Notre Dame has had in a while. Uh, so we'll see there. That defense actually gave up a few points over this last week. So, uh, and then Ohio State's offense looks to be kind of starting to find the rhythm and get going. So. Uh, I'm actually kind of favoring Notre Dame in this game, but it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Uh, like everybody else, I'm excited to see Colorado, Oregon. I think that for Colorado to beat them, they're going to have to win in a shootout because that defense doesn't look very good right now. And then you take Travis Hunter off the field. And then I'm also I'm not super impressed with that offensive line that Colorado has right now. I think they're going to continue to grow and get better. But this is year one, and uh, dude's had a couple years at Oregon, and it's not like the cupboard was bare when he took over down there. So uh, I, I'm definitely curious to see uh, how that game comes out. And I'm curious to see Florida State and Clemson, because uh, end of the day, Clemson has still been the conference champion the last several years. Uh, I think Mike Norville's ability to use the portal and Davos, like, reluctancy to use the portal and build his roster more traditionally, I think it's hurting him. Um, But, you know, Florida State looked great the first few weeks. Um, You know, they went to Boston College this past week, and it's hard for for you to get college kids up uh, week in and week out to play at the same level. But this is a Boston College team that lost at home to Northern Illinois to start the season and hasn't really looked great at all um, this season. So, um, if Florida State shows up to play looking more like the team, you know, that played LSU in week one or even Southern Miss in, you know, the week before last, I, I think they're going to be Clemson here. Uh, if they play anywhere close to the, the way they played against uh, Boston College, this could be really, really, really interesting. So I'm, I'm looking forward to see what where it turns out uh, in that game. And then – you know, I, it's not going to happen because I, I think that USC or Oregon and even, I mean, let's not forget about Utah when we talk about uh, the Pac-12 is that team has won that conference the last two years and they've been getting by so far without their starting quarterback. But it's interesting because the two teams that were completely left out in the cold uh, and now are just left as the Pac-2, Oregon State and Washington State after this year, uh, I kind of hope something crazy would happen and they would they would have went out. And so the only two schools that didn't uh, get invited somewhere else would be the teams to meet in the conference championship game. But that's not what will happen. Uh, but I, I'm at least curious to see. This This may be 
one of the last meaningful games that those two teams play, uh, you know, as a power five, as representatives in the power five. So uh, curious to see how that goes as well. And then to TP's point, uh, I don't, I don't think LSU covers by as many as the, the points say that Arkansas LSU game tends to always be uh, sometimes closer than it should be, but uh, you know, can they get a win? We'll see. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's six and, you know, depending on what rankings you look at six, seven ranked games. Uh, we've seen that many before, uh, but it's not as common for us to see that many ranked games. Uh, on a Saturday in September where we get a lot of questions answered. So it's going to be a fun college football Saturday. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I can't wait for it. I think it's going to be fun. Serious. Yeah, you know, your boys, they got, they hosting uh, Iowa State. They, Penn State's remained at the number seven spot in most polls. But I think Penn State is a good team that people aren't really talking about too much yet, but I think they will be by the end of the season. I think this is the year where they get into that top two in the um mm-hmm. in the Big Ten because I don't think o- Ohio State is it. I, I think Rich Day we need to we need to have some conversations about Rich Day. I don't know if you guys agree, but I don't I don't know. I don't really like what I'm seeing this year. But mm-hmm. talk to me. What do you think about these games this weekend, brother? Well, before we get started, you know, Penn State, Penn State, Iowa is going to be a good game. Um, the, the issue with Penn State being, you know, less than seven is they really haven't played too much to anybody. You know what I'm saying? And, and again, right. they've blown out the team they're supposed to blown out. But, you know, as you start to get in the Big Ten play um, and start to play some of the upper echelon teams, you know, if we show well versus Iowa, uh, on Saturday, mm-hmm. then I do believe we have the potential to move up. Um, but for for the task at hand, there's a few games that I want to talk about. Uh, I'm I'm gonna save the the ones that we already spoke about. Obviously, I'm gonna keep my eye on Colorado and, and Oregon. Mm-hmm. But this game coming up on Saturday with LS not LSU but Utah and UCLA, uh, Mr. Harvey kind of flirted with you know, speaking about Utah a minute ago. Um, these two teams are going to be up and down the field, I believe, and I think it's going to be a very interesting game. Both teams are ranked. Um, Utah has Penn State put up a lot of points. Um, I wonder if they're going to be able to stop anybody. Um, again, UCLA, I'm not a fan of Chip Kelly or whatever the case may be, um, but I think, mm-hmm. but ultimately um, that he has a decent squad. Scrolling down the ledger here, uh, I kind of have a, a soft spot. Uh, for the University of Maryland, as you guys know, I'm there pretty much all the damn time. Um, so they have a, a, a tough task uh, playing on the road for the first time this season, and they actually play Michigan State. Um, so with everything going on with, with with Michigan State and that program that we just spoke about, I can expect them to play inspired ball for their coach that's going through all this nonsense. So, um We'll see what happens. That game kicks off at 3.30, um, and Maryland has a propensity to start very, very slow. They've done it the past two weeks to opponents of a lesser skill level. They caught fire and blew them out of the building late. Um, last week, you know, was UVA. The week before that was Charlotte. Um, they, I don't think they can start slow on the road um, against a motivated and an angry football team in the Michigan State Spartans. Um, I'm curious to see, obviously, what Notre Dame, Ohio State looks like. 
Um, I think, honestly, if, if, if the quarterback for Notre Dame, uh, Hartman, I believe his name is, his name escapes me, um, plays exceptionally well. Um, I think he uh, could right. potentially challenge – yeah, if he, he could potentially challenge uh, Caleb Williams for the Heisman. Um, everything within me, everything within me wants to get that Heisman uh, right now to, to Shador Sanders based off of just what he's doing. However, if, if, if Hartman goes out and plays exceptionally well and puts up these gaudy numbers, and again, I'm not disrespecting Pettix, Junior, who plays yeah. later on that e- later on this evening against against California, but if he goes out against an Ohio State team, Ryan Day, who we he, who we spoke about a little bit ago, Ohio State perennial, you know, college football playoff outfit. If he goes out and plays well for them, um, and they and they get the dub, then you know we're going to have to start putting him into some serious consideration uh, for a potential Heisman. Again, I understand we're sitting here at week three. Uh, week four, depending upon who you, who you speak to, uh, but these these games this upcoming Saturday is really interesting to see what happens. My my last point I want to talk about is Texas versus Baylor. Now again, from a from from, from an X's and O's and and talent standpoint, Texas is head and shoulders, you know, better than anybody else. However, I want to see what they do with their success. You know what I'm saying? Um, you, you you beat Alabama, Bravo. That that's beautiful. Um, you have a Baylor team. Who they're going to kill Baylor. They are going to kill Baylor. They they should. They they are should. Go, no. They are going yes. to kill Baylor. Baylor lost to Texas State. Listen, Baylor lost to Texas State. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Let me finish it. We can go back and forth. Let me finish. We can go back and forth. What I was going to say was. B- Baylor is, is is a scrappy bunch, okay. And if you look back over the past couple years when Texas has played Baylor, it's been a, it, 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 it hasn't came easy for Texas. They beat them, but it hasn't come easy. You know what I'm saying? If you ask any Texas fan, every time they have Alabama on their schedule, it's circled, it's highlighted, it's starred. Because to 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 ninety percent of Texas fans, that's their that, that that's their ball game. I'm not negating the fact that they should kill Baylor. I'm, I'm not negating that at all. I want to see how well they do this. I want to see if, if they don't fall asleep at the wall. I don't want to. I want to make sure they don't play with their food. This game, by all of the purposes, TP should be over by halftime. Right. But at the end of the day, can, can, can they go out there and get it done? That's all I'm trying to say. They are fifteen point. They are fifteen point favorites on the road. 15, so that's mm-hmm. a two-possession game, right? And this mm-hmm. is the same Baylor team that just lost to Texas State as their home opener. The home opener, I can see if they were at Texas State and Texas State was just riled up because this was week one. No, they were in Waco, Texas and lost to Texas State, not Texas Tech, not TCU, not none of them schools we know down there, Texas State. That, you hear about them when the NCAA tournament come around and they made it by taking care of their they, uh, conference championship and go home after the first week. No, I'm, Baylor is going to get cleaned off. We, listen, we could um, – we'll we just watch this closely. I don't even want to wager the game. I, I'll be safe for you. But but just just know that there's a 15-point dog in this situation. If they keep it close, there's a little city in the middle of a valley 
at the bottom of the sea of Nevada <laughs> that is dirty, and you came out there with me in the middle of December. And you know how that stuff go, because I watched you lose a game that you knew that they were supposed to lose to my homie. Yes or no? Am I lying? Yeah, that's a true statement. Okay, statement. that part. Listen, um, it, it, they better win that game because they got – it's not like – I want to say they got a new lease on life by beating Alabama in Alabama. Um, I think Alabama – this is the worst quarterback situation that Saban's probably had at Alabama. I don't I don't know if he knows what to do at this point, but uh, a win's a win against Alabama, especially in their building. So Texas can't – they can't trip up at any point. They cannot. Um, you you got to take advantage of that, but – I'm just I'm I'm very curious about the Ohio State Notre Dame game. Even though Ohio State's favored on the road uh, by three three points, I I really think Notre Dame's going to win this game. I, I really think I like what what's going on down there with Hardman. I think Marcus Freeman. We got to talk about him a little bit more. I think he's done a heck of a job so far. Um, kind of. You know, one of the big problems with Notre Dame is recruiting, right? Getting kids to come there, and I think he's done a heck of a job um, building that program. I thought he was a year away, maybe two, uh, I, probably a year because that's when the college, the college playoff would expand and give him a shot to get in as an independent. But you know, four and zero right now at a point where I didn't know if they were going to be as good as they are, and they got. I mean, yeah, the competition that they played isn't great. But even even still, Ohio State's a little down and kind of come down to not to their level, but they're not at the Ohio State from last year or the last few years. I think Michigan's eclipsed them, and I think Ohio State's at the point where they can get picked off by a Notre Dame team at home that believes that they can win that game. They Notre Dame's got some some good games on the schedule coming up now. They got Ohio State. Duke is ranked now. Duke is actually a pretty darn good team. Um, got a pretty good quarterback down there. They got USC coming up. Clemson's a little down, but you know, you know, if they can get through this hump the next four weeks where they play Ohio State, Duke, uh, Louisville, uh, at Louisville is not going to be easy. And USC, we, we're going to be talking about Notre Dame in the, in the playoff picture again. So shout out to, to Mark and Trini. I always like to see the brothers succeed. Anything else? Anybody else want to add on college football? I, I do agree. Florida State's got to take care of business against Clemson. I agree with I think Mike said it. Uh, and TP2, uh, Florida State, that's a game you better win. I think Clemson is not as good as they've been. Dave, Dave Sweeney has refused to go into the portal, and it's killed that, 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 that college thing that he's built, that powerhouse that he's built. So I feel like he's got to he's got to embrace the transfer portal. He's got to get it together. If Deion Sanders can do it, LB, he brought his sons and, and all these kids with him, but he was able to flip a one-win team to a 3-0 and ranked position at Devo Sweeney. There's no reason why a team that's won a national championship in the last, what, five years can't get it done and can't do it the same way. So shout-out to, to, to Florida State and to Colorado for going in and embracing the transfer portal. Florida State's better for it right now. Um, they got to take care of business. Travis has got to go in there and throw the ball all over the place. But anything anybody else want to add before we move to a little NFL before we get out here? I, I was just going to say, I think Sam Hartman at Notre Dame does sort of escalate that, uh, you know, hit that timeline a little bit more. Uh, yeah, as far yeah, as yeah. Mar- Marcus Freeman, he's definitely a great recruiter. I, 
I just don't think with USC and a couple other things on their on their schedule, I don't know that this team's still going to probably have to be undefeated to make the playoffs, and I don't think they're going to be able to pull it off. But it would be a big step uh, to if they could get this win Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. Timeless. Anything you want to add before we, before I move to NFL? I'm gonna say this here right now. Notre Dame okay. proved that you can beat Ohio State because it's already right. it to me. I, I I um I put myself in this realm and I know my brother's a, a Fighting Irish fan. I grew up around a ton of Fighting Irish fans. It always seems like them teams always got to go into South Bend and win these games on NBC. And this is a favorable mm-hmm. situation where you could knock off a giant. And I I feel like Ohio State still has more of a competitive team than what you guys have. And this could be the time for you to knock off a giant at this point in time. Prove that you could do it. I'm still giving the leg up to the Buckeyes. I think the Buckeyes are still the power regardless of the situation. If he's healthy, they can't deal with a lot of those receivers, especially Marvin Harrison Jr. This guy's a terror out there too. So um, if if they can make that connection, I I feel like it's hard for Notre Dame to win this game. Prove it to me. I want to see if you guys can get over the hump to make this, uh, uh, a shake-worthy season for Ohio State because Ohio State take care of business in their regular season, and then something happens in January or you know getting close to January. It's always something that happens. So, can you guys shake up this schedule? Can you actually knock off Coach Day? But I feel like in front of Marcus and and Coach Day, this is the the matchup that we're all waiting for, and, and you know power against power. But I, right now, I feel like Ohio State's the favorite. In this one, Notre Dame, prove it and protect that house. That, that's what I really want to see if you guys really can do it. Get your props. Yeah, absolutely. They, they got to prove it. They got to do it on the big stage and no bigger stage than um, Saturday night at home, you know, hosting the Buckeyes. So we'll see how that goes. Um, I, I, I hope hopefully I'm back to watch that. I want to at least watch one game uh, this weekend. Um, so that should be fun. Uh, call-in number, as always, doesn't change, uh, 929-477-2759. The chefs are here, the villain, timeless, serious, Mr. Harvey, talking a little uh, college football. I want to shift to the NFL. Um, uh, I wanted to talk about um, Justin Fields, but I want to really hit on that trade that happened today. Uh, the Rams didn't play Cam Akers. Um, this past Sunday against the 49ers, they sat him out because they were looking to deal him. And then a couple of days later, the deal is done, pending a physical, obviously. Uh, Cam Akers is going from the Rams to the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings looking to upgrade their running back room. They're going to swap some uh, 2026 picks. The Vikings get a conditional seventh-round pick, and the Rams getting a conditional sixth-rounder. For uh, for this trade, so Cam Akers, running back, that I don't know showed a lot of I don't even know if you could say showed a lot of promise, but they were they were high on him coming into the season, and they flipped him because they got uh, you know a pretty good running back in uh, in 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 house with Williams. Uh, so so that's that's the trade that finally went down Minnesota, bringing their run, like I said, upgrading their running back room after they lost Dalvin Cook. Um, and Alexander Madison uh, being the lead back there. TP, um, what do you think about this trade? Can I get away from these Florida State running backs, please? Like, I'm so happy to get rid of Dalvin Cook. Get Dalvin Cook out of my face. I'm tired of these speed demons. 
And here go another scat back that's a better downhill runner that I feel like the Rams are misusing. And now the Rams sent him to Minnesota, and I got to deal with this dude. Now, it's interesting that the Rams went this way because the passing game is working right now. It didn't look like they were going to look too successful without Cooper Cup, and it's actually been working. Um, even though they're one and one out the gate, I feel like they're going to rely on Matt Stafford's arm and, and get this thing done. Um, it's kind of good for Cam Akers because they're trying to make him the scapegoat for everything that's going on yeah. in L.A., and I, I feel like that's foul that they try to pin this to him. Like, he's not, you know, able to run the ball. I bet you he's an efficient runner with Minnesota. They already have a passing tack that's doing wonderful things. If they have a running game to help Minnesota, Minnesota's going to be right back where they need to be. Madison is showing that he's not that running back for that system at the end of the day. Um, so if this helps the Rams get better, then then I'm all for it. But I, I really feel like this is a scapegoat situation, and I'm tired of that, like like how they do certain people or players at the end of the day. And um, I, I think this might help Minnesota's success if they can start getting a run game because they are one of the surprise teams out the gate that's 0-2 comparison to me with the – Bengals and the Chargers, all three of those teams are playoff teams, and they're all three 0-2, which one gets the win at the end of the day. So, um, again, like, personally, I don't want to see him in the North, but he's coming. So I got to I gotta deal with it at the end of the day. And the Rams, if you guys start losing, especially after the trade, what's beef? Ha, 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 ha. Mm-hmm. I love it. Because as soon as Matt Stafford starts turning the ball over, if it walk like a duck, it cracked like a duck. It is a duck. And we'll see if he can keep this mojo going. Um, that was a Seahawks game that he got away with it the first game. The second game he went up against San Francisco was interesting, but they still lost. Uh, we'll see if he can continue to at least get the winning theme going on in Los Angeles. Yeah, he was like the scapegoat last year, too. It was kind of ridiculous what they were doing with him. I, I just didn't feel like it, it's all about the fit. and I, I just don't feel like it's a fit. I'm glad he gets to move on and um, clearly, Madsen's not the guy um, that the Vikings think that he was by, by letting Dalvin Cook go. So we'll see, you know, if that Cam Akers uh, trade is going to help them get in the win column because they haven't won yet. Serious, talk to me about this trade real quick, Cam Akers going from Los Angeles to Minnesota. You know, honestly, for me, um, it's, it's interesting because if you are – Cam Akers, okay, and you have had several cracks at the apple to solidify your position as being the guy, and you have failed to do so. I'm not too sure shipping yourself and going to Minnesota is going to change that. Let's not make any bones about it. This man has not been right since he's gotten hurt. And he fought himself back, and he fought his way back. So you have two running backs in the same in, in, in a system that are searching to prove themselves. Like man, this was supposed to be Madison's year. I'm angry at Madison as well. This was supposed to be Madison's right. year. You know what I'm saying? Dalvin Cook is now uh, stealing carries from Brees Hall in, in New York. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So this was your backfield, Ty Chandler. Is, is a guy who is supposed to be a change of pace. This was your backfield. So both running backs, I believe, have something to prove. The problem that I have with this is I'm not too sure this particular system fits Cam Akers. 
You know what I'm saying? You need a spread office. You need to be able to to, to, to do different things. And I just feel as though his best offensive scheme was in L.A. Now, with that being said, he fell out of favor with Sean McVay. Um, it, was, it, it was a messy breakup, if you will. He was a healthy scratch. Um, and Kyron Williams went in there and, and, and popped like, you know, he was like that they wanted him to. I just honestly feel as though if Cam Akers legitimately – again, it was a trade. He didn't have a decision. But for Cam Akers right. to legitimately revive Roger's career, he may need to find himself to a, to a situation where they prioritize running. Now, teams that come in mind, you've got a Saquon Barkley that's down. They may need to go – he may need to go to New York. Baltimore, who seems to be hell-bent on signing, has been running back. They just signed – uh, Kenyon Drake to the practice squad today. They got Melvin Gordon, who ain't been right since my, you know, since, since you know, ten years ago in the building as a RB two. You got Justice Hill there. What? You got um, Gus Bus there, who again can't stay right. If yeah, the Baltimore Ravens are, in my opinion, a running back away, a legitimate running back away from doing something. Throw Cam Akers in there, get rid of these has-beens, and give Lamar Jackson and that team a legitimate shot. With that being said, I'm not too sure how I feel about this move with the Minnesota Vikings. Time will tell. Yeah, we'll see. I, I, I think it was a good situation for Cam Akers, and, you know, sucks for Madison, but Cam Akers just need to get away from that L.A. system. It just wasn't working. Uh, Michael, Mr. Harvey, talk to me about this trade that just went down today. Cam Akers going to Minnesota to pair up with uh, Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson. This is a weird thing for me with Cam because, so he looked really good. He got hurt. And then he Mm -hmm. came back off injury and was much more productive than they thought he would have been. Like He came back much sooner than people expected. It was productive at the end of the season, the Super Bowl year, right? So then last year, starts the season, kind of, you know, gets in the doghouse, gets in all kinds of trouble again, whatever, and then comes back late in the season producing again. Like, you could argue that the last few games of the season last year, there were at least a couple of days that he was the best player on the field because Stafford wasn't getting the ball to anybody. Cooper Cup wasn't uh, healthy late in the season. So he was the best player they had on their offense. Uh, at times late last season, and now he's falling out of favor again. Like, mm-hmm. is this is this guy really? You know, I I know I know where he's from, where he went to high school, where he went to college. Uh, you know, I know that there was Florida State got him over a lot of SEC schools, but I never really, to me, I never heard any rumblings about him in high school or college being a bad locker room guy or being a problem uh, anywhere else. And so is this an ego thing? Is this, you know, what's happening here? Uh, at, at some point, is I don't believe it's on the player. Is some of it also on the coach and failing to communicate? I'm not sure. And even if you feel like, okay, Kyron Williams is a better fit because maybe he catches the ball better coming out of the backfield or Maybe we can't block worth a damn, and so this guy does a better job of getting skinny and finding holes that maybe Acres would not. Okay, fine. If you feel like he's a better fit, then do what you have to do. But it just seems to me like a, this is a guy that 
laid it out there for his team, even came back, like I said, at a Super Bowl run, soon kind of put his, I would say, put his career in some sort of jeopardy, risked his career to come back and make sure to be there for his team, who, mind you, was having other injuries at the running back position, right? It was becoming a war of attrition for them at the running back position. And this is how you repay the guy? Like, maybe some of it is on him, but I just find it hard to believe that it's all on the player. Uh, I will say this. I think that the reason why they didn't trade him last year was because people were still kind of concerned about that injury. So maybe people thought they weren't going to get – be able to get much in return for him. So that's why they didn't, uh, that's why nobody pulled the trigger. And then the Rams stubbornly were like, well, we ain't going to give this guy away for nothing. So at least now they got something. They were able to pull a trade. This is a separation that is overdue, probably should have happened a year ago. Uh, like I said, I don't know the whole story, but uh, I wish the best for Cam uh, Akers, Clinton, Mississippi's finest. And he represented that this is the last time you're ever going to hear me say these two words together, Barry. He represented that Noel family uh, in his uh, college career as well. <laughs> and so, and so I, I really, uh, you know, I, I wish the best for him moving forward. And, you know, we'll see. At least now, if they can't produce in the running game, they can't blame it on him. And if he can't produce in Minnesota, he can't blame it on the Rams either. So, uh, separation for both player and franchise, and then each person has a chance to prove moving forward. Yeah, I mean, Minnesota needed a running back. They signed uh, a free agent um, guard, too, to try to get their running game going. And then, um, you know, I think Kevin O'Connell had come out and said that, you know, he wants to get their running game to be more reliable and efficient. <laughs> I mean, and that's not a slap in Madsen's face to Sirius's point. I don't, I don't know what it is. So it wasn't working, whatever they were doing. But, um, yeah, I hope Cam Akers can come in there and play. Really quickly, so I, I, I caught wind of um, Justin Fields. I, everybody had him hyped up coming into the season. He was a really big, you know, you know, candidate to be an improved player. Uh, they liked what he did towards the end of the season last year, and they got him some weapons on offense, DJ Moore and company. Uh, the rookie, Rashad uh, Johnson, looks really good. So, you know, th- they were expecting a lot from this Bears team, but, you know, he hasn't looked good. They're 0-2. That game against Tampa Bay, he looked really bad holding on to the football. He looked completely lost uh, at the quarterback position. They lost 27-17, to but now – um, you know, a lot of people are blaming him. Some people are blaming the coaching. But even now, you know, Justin Fields is kind of going out there and saying, you know, that he points to the coaching for robotic play calling and doesn't feel like himself in this offense. So, I mean, it's it's a crazy situation going on in Chicago. Everybody points to the coaching as a problem, but for the quarterback to say it in, in public, um is kind of a head scratcher, right, TP? Like, this doesn't look good for Chicago. What do you think about Justin Fields, how he looked, and how he's characterized his play so far uh, with the coaching? T90s artist, R&B, named Genuine. His hit song called Pony. One trick, (laughs) Pony, period. Um, I'm a fan of him because that's the type of football I love. I can't lie, like... A quarterback that don't see nothing, take off. My favorite quarterback all the time, people 
like or don't like it, I, I was a, a big Randall fan. Even though he wasn't on my team, I just loved that Rand, Randall had a gun. But if Randall didn't see nothing, Randall would take off for like 20, 30, 50 yards, jump over from the, the three to five yard line and get into the end zone, like stuff like that. That was like the makeup of these type of quarterbacks that's out there now, like your Lamars, like your Deshaun's, and now you have your Justin Fields. Justin Fields can't complete passes. Defenses don't even like like flicker at him. The situation with Tampa Bay, they're the Bears are lucky that this didn't get worse. They're lucky that um those athletic linebackers didn't chew him up all game long, like beat him up. He he's really having problems looking downfield. They were breaking him down on another network and, and what he's seeing downfield. Komet was open in the middle of the field on like a post route for a tight end post route and he missed him and he's looking in his direction but didn't throw the ball and uh end up taking a sack, but it wasn't like he seen it and then the sack came. It was just like he he wasn't aware to make the uh the target read and pull the trigger. It it's it's looking scary for Justin Fields. Now I get it. He's gonna try and find a scape way out and try to blame the coaches. It can be that because Chicago has had their issues coaching and this is an all new system for him and he's still young at the end of the day. But this is where people can't be prisoners of the moment at the end of the day because they were saying, and I quote, beginning of the season, before the season, he was a preseason MVP candidate. Hold on, I don't know if yep. you heard me. A preseason MVP candidate. Um, y'all better chill. I, I don't even like the way that people do that preseason stuff. Let these people play because you put the expectancy on them and then what they don't, they don't turn into what you want. Then this is when the media kills them, and this kills their morale, their aura, going into that locker room. Their teammates don't believe in them, so on and so can shatter the Bears' future, and they're going to end up having to look for a quarterback. And I think, I think the Bears will be looking for a quarterback in two years. I don't want to say this year coming up, but at least in the next season after that, I think they will be looking for another guy. Um, I don't think he's comfortable. I do not think yeah. he's comfortable at all. If, if he sees pressure, he's ready to run, and he has the speed to get away and pick up first downs, and he had an electric season doing that running. But you're the guy that throws the ball. And now that he's trying to find himself in the pocket at the end of the day and can't make those passes, and we're seeing it uh, in plain sight that he's having problems finding his targets and losing games because of it, especially in a game where I feel like they could have beat Tampa Bay. Baker Mayfield outshot you, and Baker Mayfield has had like four jobs in the past two seasons. So um, there's a lot that has to be turned around. It can't just be you playing in division games at your best and can't play nobody else in the league. Uh, Justin Fields. I'm I'm not buying it. Uh, at the end of the day, hopefully they can turn around. Like personally, what's beef? Notorious B.I.G. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> at the end of the day, I'm not buying it. But um, yeah. Uh, we'll see what they got. Um, this Sunday, it gets worse. People sit back. 4:25. They take their talents to Kansas City, Missouri. If you think. He can go shot the shot with Mahomes. What is gonna be crazy this Sunday if he can? But 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 there is a city in the middle of Nevada that could pull some strings. I know I know that. I'm about to look up the spread. While y'all look, when you look at everything else, I want to look at the spread to see what this game looks like. Because if it's one of them four or five point games, Vegas is dirty. I, I know they're dirty if they do pull uh, that crap. But I will look at the spread to see what it, see what it looks like. The spread. I thought it was seven and a half. No, is it more than that? Is it? No, I'm looking. Right, I, I didn't. I didn't know the spread. I'm looking. Hold on. Yeah, it's got to be. More no, than you're that, lying. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the spread is twelve and a half. Twelve. 
Oh, okay. All right. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, I I must have been looking at a different game. But, yeah, I mean, he looks completely lost. Like, he was coached pretty bad his first couple years, uh, his first year and a half in the the league. And I thought they kind of really took that offense and tailored it around his strengths. Um, I don't think they should be running him a a whole bunch, but they really looked at what he does well and really brought that to the table. But this year he looks completely lost. He just doesn't see it. He doesn't see down the field. I'm looking at tape. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Hold on, we we do we do have somebody in queue. Oh, we do. Oh, my bad. I was because I was looking at something else. Get bring, did you bring him in? Calling in out of the upper region of New York State, we have Chandler Knight in the building. Welcome to Chandler. the Chandler. Oh, Barry knew I was in the queue. He just ain't want to let me in. That's all. I was looking at it. Running. I was looking for the spread. I was looking for the spread. Hell, you know I love you, brother. You know I love you. What's up, man? Um, no, uh, what's up, fellas? Um, what's up? I'll be real quick. Justin Fields is paralysis by analysis. There's too much information. <laughs> he's waiting. He's waiting for guys to be open. And yeah. if you look at the breakdown, he's holding the ball for five seconds. You ain't going to complete a pass in the NFL yeah. if you hold the ball for five seconds. It's paralysis nope. by analysis. It's, it's, it's paralysis by analysis. They also are trying to make him a, a pure pocket passer. That's not who he is. And I exactly. said this after the first game. I was able to sit here in my house and call the damn play before he snapped. Before they snapped the ball, I knew what the play was. If I'm sitting at home, and I can call every single play, and I told Mike, go back and watch the Bear game and tell me if you can't call every play before the snap. You think the defense can't? You think the defense can't? By the way, with all those passing plays, where was was the running plays? If you see your quarterback is holding on to the ball, where are the adjustments by the coaches? Now, is it all on the coaches? No, the majority of it is. The majority of it is. Because you're calling a terrible game. You see this kid is lost in the sauce. Start calling some damn running plays. Start calling some bubble screens. It's not that hard to look at him and say, okay, he's frozen out there. Run the damn ball. Ain't that hard. If I can come up with it at home, you're being paid to do this. By the way, the defensive coordinator just quit. What's the team? Yeah, well, he, he- – Take, he's taking a leave of absence for medical, me personal the, medical me with the health issues. Yeah, miss me with that. that he quit. He was gone for a week. He was gone for a week. So before this, so, <laughs> because I don't know. he's like, I'm not coming back. Y'all, y'all come over with reason. Y'all come back with reason. Okay. Hey, my man. Wait, who's the clown? What y'all come up with? The, the head coach is a clown. Oh, he is. He is. He is. Come on, you okay, so. Like I said, 90, 90, 75% coaches, 25% fields. Does he have to be more anticipatory? Absolutely. Does he have to just let it rip? Absolutely. But when you got 75,000 things going through your head and you're not just going out there and playing, you're going to look just like him. You're going to look just like him. And by the way, it's Chicago. When's the last time they developed a damn quarterback? Seriously. Facts. It was Jim McMahon. Facts. 
They've never, 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 never. Everyone, every every quarterback they they've had, they've ruined. I mean, the the best quarterback they've had was like Jay Cutler and Rex Grossman. Yep, that's I was about to say the one that let him. Barry Gray, Barry Gray, Barry Gray. With the camp, with the Cam Akers thing. Here's why Sean McVay is stupid. Cam Akers is a perfect fit for the for the running scheme they're running now. He was a bad fit for the zone blocking scheme. And he kept telling people, I don't work well in this. McVay didn't like that because they would come to Cam Akers. How come you get a run? Yo, go ask coach, man. Go ask coach. Don't ask me. Just like right. you said, yeah, that's what I don't know I ain't getting no carries. And then McVay's like, well, we were very clear. Yeah, bro. Okay. You don't even talk to your players half the time, but you were very clear. Okay. Okay. So you trade him when he's now a perfect fit for the scheme you're running, just to prove a point that you're smarter than everybody else. I'm Sean McVay. <laughs> you know you know who my dad was? I wouldn't have a job if my last name wasn't McVay, but I'm the brightest guy you've ever met. I'm an offensive genius. Okay, bro. Okay, bro. <laughs> he's, got a, he's got a Super Bowl, Jailer. He's got a Super Bowl. He's got – you know who else has a Super Bowl? Barry Switzer. Talk about Barry it. Switzer was a defensive a guru. He was a genius. <laughs> he, he was a genius. He 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 came in there and said, "Yes, uh, yes, boss. I'll do whatever you say, Mister Jerry Jones. I'll do whatever you say." Yeah, that that's right. That's a great call. I love that. My son is a genius. He's a genius. <laughs> if Aaron Donald doesn't make that play, they don't win that Super Bowl. Oh, absolutely. Say that Aaron again. Donald say that made that. Say that again. What? Well, Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald doesn't make that play, they lose. So miss me with the Sean McVay. Um, what, what's my man Wiley Coyote? Wiley Coyote, super genius. <laughs> and miss me. Genius. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but seriously though, I, I mean, I think I think the the Bears are gonna rule the day that they traded that number one pick because of the way they've developed this quarterback. But even still, to your guys' point, it doesn't matter what quarterback they bring in the building. They they are inept. They don't know how to develop a quarterback. It doesn't matter who it is. They don't know what the hell they're doing. And I, I think Justin Fields is a is a victim of bad coaching. I think he's lost to your point in the pocket. They're not making it. How do you have this running back that everybody loves in Johnson? You got, you still got Herbert back there, and you don't run the damn ball. Like, at least give him some play action. Give him an easy read. Get him on, you know, get him on a rollout. You know, I, something that simple read. Like I see the Giants do it all the time. They they boot action and have somebody flaring out the back of an easy dump off. Just give him something simple. You know, go call Rich Day. Ask him what plays did he like at at at, at uh, Ohio State, and ask if he can run it here. Like, it's simple coaching, and they're just not doing it. Serious, take it, take it away. Well, What's that, going on in Chicago? That's the problem. You, you don't want to call Rich Day because the issue that Justin Fields had. Ryan Day. It's Ryan Day. It's Ryan Day. Ryan Day. Okay, it's a Rich Day. Ryan Day. Ryan Day. Whatever case may be. Rich. Yeah, Wednesday, Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I don't care. Happy days. The issue at hand, the issue at hand is the simple fact that 
he still has not graduated from the college mindset. You can't sit there in the pocket for five seconds and wait for your guys to come open. You can't sit there and run around and play the circus music because you're the best athlete on the field. And you sure as hell can't sit there and drag your coach and the media as if you've got the balls and to, to, to do that. You haven't done a damn thing. All you've done is run around and, and, and plan to the hype that, again, as T.P. alluded to, you're some type of MVP front runner preseason. If you want to get better at your craft, and I'm talking to my dude, Kenny Pickett, as well, you need to go hire uh-huh. Tom Brady or go get somebody who's done the damn thing that you're trying to do and better yourself. I don't give a damn how much film you look. If you keep doing the same thing that you've always done, you'll get the same result, and that's piss-poor quarterback play. And I can list a whole rack of more, more people that are having piss-poor quarterback play because you're smelling yourself. But, hey, serious, serious. But at what point does, is the organization have to take some, take some responsibility and, like, listen, if you know that this kid is lost like this, okay, and I'm going to give you Buffalo as the example. You guys all know how I felt about uh, what the hell is his name, Josh Allen coming out of college, right? What did they do in Buffalo? They, they paid for him to go to somebody to break him down, to tear him down to the studs and build him back up, mm-hmm. right? Why don't these other right. organizations mm-hmm. do that? I don't know. I mean, it can't I, I, all be the players. I, I, it can't all you. be the coaches. It's a 50-50 thing. I, I'm not saying Justin Fields doesn't bear some blame, but who the hell is Matt Eberflus? What the hell has he done? That's a fact. I, 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 I hear you. I hear you. But to 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 your point about Josh Allen, I'm not too sure that breaking down thing is working. Because let's keep it a buck. This dude damn near led the league last year and turn and and turnovers in the red zone. You just alluded to the fact that Brian Dable, his head coach, is gone. He ain't looked the same since he left. And yep. Again, missing with that whole Josh Allen is on the echelons of a Joe Burrow and 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 the Patrick Mahomes nonsense. But to your point, I do think the organization does or them, themselves a, a, a great deal of service to go say, you know what, either either boo-boo or get off the plot. This brother can't do it. He can't do it, and I told well, people he can't do it. Well, you, don't, you, don't think, you don't think Josh Allen is an upper-tier upper tier quarterback? I think this Josh year, no. Allen is – I, 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 I think Josh Allen is a big quarterback. I think Josh Allen is a good quarterback. But if you close your eyes and take Cam Newton and put him in Buffalo, it's the same damn thing. There you go. There you go. <laughs> there you go. It's the same thing. And what, I, do, I, think, I, think, I, I, I what do we say about Ron Rivera? That he was ruining so, Cam's career. Bingo. Yeah. Yeah. Bingo. Yep. Good thing, good thing he doesn't have a quarterback in, in Washington to ruin yet. But I mean, hey, Eric Bieniemy, Eric, Eric Bieniemy is making a case that he should he he should be a head coach because that that Commanders offense looks pretty damn good, and that offense in Kansas City can't get anything done. They've scored thirty coaching matters in two games. I'm, I'm coaching a, matters. I'm a, I'm a Eric Bieniemy is a damn good coach. Guys, serious. I'm gonna keep it a buck with you. I'm gonna keep it a buck with you, and then I'll shut up because I don't know what just fired me up. I'm gonna keep it a buck with you. The issue with the Washington <laughs> Commanders and, 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 and Ryan Bieniemy is the simple fact that they played the Arizona Cardinals Week One, who is professionally tanking, and the Denver Broncos in Week Two, who 
and forgive me with this whole Sean Payton, you know, Russell Wilson reuniting that feels so good bull-ish. They should never lost that ball. The Broncos have a good defense. So Tan's a really good cornerback. Their, their defense isn't that bad. So, I mean, even still, even still, the the, the the look yeah, at what the yeah, Chiefs yeah, have yeah. had without the enemy. Look at what the Chiefs have had without yeah, the enemy. Right? Yeah, no, seriously. Yeah, seriously, look at what the yeah, Chiefs yeah, have done without the enemy. What? They're one and one and about to beat the the one and one, one and about to beat the break. They're one and one about to beat the breaks off of the Chicago Bears. They're one and one. Ooh. Coaching matters, dog. Coaching matters. No, that's what They're I mean. One one. That's what I mean. One about to be the breakout of Bears, that's, but I will say again, my my, my that's, that's what I that's what I'm saying. Like they're 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 one and one, and they their offense doesn't look that good without the enemy. That's what I'm saying. That's the point. I don't. Yeah, I, I don't think Justin I'm not buying that whole the, the way. The, so what's the problem with the so, Chiefs? They're rusty. They get themselves right. Rusty. They're rusty. They're rusty. rusty. Yeah, they're rusty. I, I don't know. TP, you saw the Chiefs. TP, hold on, hold on. TP, you saw the Chiefs in week one against the Lions, against your team, and then I, I saw them against the Jaguars. I, I don't think that's rust. I mean, I think they got problems on the offensive line that they need to address, but that offense don't look that good. Damn, Mike. Um, well, if I, I respond, if he don't – um. I agree yeah, with yeah. you, Barry. I, I think uh, the Chiefs are missing the enemy. I think they need him. Um, and Andy Reid has been trying to wake people up to what he does, like how important he is to that team. And it's showing. Like, not to say that Andy Reid isn't one of the best offensive minds in the league, but he needs that other yin to his yang to, like, kind of, like, make that play work because they, they don't look that sharp right now. I I have Mahomes fantasy. Mahomes ain't lighting that thing up. Fantasy. He's not. Um not not used to what we're used to seeing like three or four touchdowns. He's going to war every game. He had a war with the Lions. Um and, and just had a war with um the Jags. And that that could have been an O two start for him if the Jags put up more points. That's that's the one thing that I'm looking at with Jacksonville. I still feel like Jacksonville still needs time at the end of the day. I don't think they're rusty. I really feel like they are missing the enemy. The enemy is a good football mind at the end of the day, and that's what has – serious, this this actually gives credence to you. I don't even know how you, like, put yourself in this pickle. You said the commanders were better than the Giants. They look better than the Giants. They yeah, do. They do. They do. And you replaced the enemy. You replaced the enemy with a guy who is, is – one of the men responsible for the offensive failures and the lack of development of quarterback in Chicago. <laughs> Going back to the previous no. franchise that we no, were just talking circle. about. Straight so you, so you say Eric Bieniemy, and you replace him with Matt Nagy. You might as well have Matt Canada as the offense. I mean, listen. Come on, dude. Replacing with a really good coordinator, you're replacing him with a failed uh, coach. 
who failed to develop a quarterback. So then they brought in another clown who wasn't any more equipped. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, part of you know, going back to what we said about field, some of that is coaching. Some of it is getting out of that college mindset. But I will say this. I don't think that he tried to throw coaches under the bus, to be honest with you. I think he tried to say, I played robotic. It starts with me. They're giving me a lot of information during the week and all that's good. But I don't think that the best thing for me to do is just to try to stay in the pocket. I feel like uh, basically he said exactly what Chandler just called it. He's like, I think I'm getting paralysis by analysis. If I feel something, I need to just be trusted to go with it. So I talked to the coaches about going, like, I'm studying this stuff throughout the week. I can work on this, but then during the game, I need to be able to to play by feel, and I think that's how we're going to be better. And even coaches said they took the input in. We'll see if it makes a difference. Even if it does, you ain't going to see a difference this week. Um, and then the last yeah. point that I wanted to make on that real quick is if the Bears do decide that he's not that guy, listen, you better move on this year because there's, this is one of the best quarterback classes we've seen in a while. You wait till next year, right. I don't know if you can get as good a guy. You didn't see Bill Sanders next year. You getting Shadur Sanders next year, so you can punt this they got a guy on the two. Well, he, yeah, he would come out not. He wouldn't come out this season. The following season, right? He would come That's out this year. So, but they're not going to be in the right. draft, so you can't guarantee you're right. going to so get. So in this draft, use those two number ones mm-hmm. to build up some more of your team, or use one of them trade. You know, do something. But I'm just saying Shadur Sanders. But let's let's look across the league. Who's the veteran backup in Chicago? There ain't one. Don't, all right. Who's the veteran Is it Is it Andy Dalton or he's, he's still there? Come on, son. No. It's Nathan Seven interceptions in one series, Peterman. So, yes, yes, yes. Look across the league at these young quarterbacks that are struggling, like should be better, and look at the fact that the team didn't bring in a real veteran to mentor them. You understand what I'm saying? And then you sit around to him, well, I don't know why he didn't get better. I don't know why he ain't no better. Because who who's helping him learn? Nobody. And again, is it not the, not the coordinator? No, but you know what, man? This is what I know from being in the service. When you have somebody who's been there, done that, right? It helps a lot when they're in your ear. It helps a lot when they say, "Why did you do that?" And you right. go to them, dude. Why did you? Yo, what was I supposed to do? You were supposed to do this. Come here. Let me show you how to do this. Who the hell is teaching these kids? Yeah, it's a and that's, that's the problem. Difference to yeah, learn from somebody, like you're saying, Chandler, that a quarterback, too, even if they're a backup, but they're, they're on the same side of the table as you versus coaches and people that – I mean, that's a, that's a different dynamic. And so uh, learning from somebody who's in the same fire with you uh, can make can, can really help you. And, and there's, that, you know, there's a reason why, you know, mentors a lot of times in work environments and stuff like that, and, and a lot of times a, a mentor is not a boss or somebody. It's somebody that's done what, you, what you're doing and that has more experience on it. So, uh, yeah, there's, there's not very many of those at all anymore. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think I think Justin Fields could be a lost cause if they don't fix it right away. I mean, sitting. I think, Sirius, you said it, he's sitting in the pocket, and, and you said it too, Chandler, for five seconds, and, but he, and, and waiting for people to get open. But he's in the pocket for five seconds. People are open, and he's just not looking. He don't see it, and that's a problem. I, I saw yeah. highlights of uh, in the red zone 
he's got he's got a a post in the middle. He's got a a seam route, and he's got a a a, a fade route. The seam route is wide open. What the hell are you looking at? Like it, it's pathetic. But I want to go back to really real quick on Kansas City. I I think the enemy is the difference out there. But I also think that they 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 didn't build the offensive line. They let Orlando Brown go, and then now they mm-hmm. got these receivers that they've been drafting and they've been getting, and they haven't developed them. I you know what I mean? Like you know, Sky Moore. This was supposed to be a hit, the the can miss kid. Well, not a can miss, but what has he done? Nothing. Like what what Kadarius Tony? We know about him, but I mean, like you got Justin Ross, you got Rasheed Rice. I mean, Justin Watson. These kids, like, what are they doing? Nothing. They're doing nothing. So it's a big problem. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I want to bring it around before I want to get everybody's opinion on the game tomorrow night. But also Deshaun Watson Monday night against the Brown against the Steelers. Just he, the first two games, he don't look like the hundred thirty million dollar guaranteed player. TP, I gotta ask you, it, it, was that a bad investment by the Browns? Like, it, it, what are we talking about with Deshaun Watson? Wait, get get your numbers together. You got to put another hundred in there, two hundred and thirty-one million dollars. Right, right. No, you didn't. You said a hundred. Two, two thirty. I did. Oh my bad. I, you know, I, I, oh my bad. I, I was thinking two thirty, and I must have just, must have just slipped up. But yeah, even still. In the, in the in the words of Jigga, I got it from here. Yay, damn. Look, look, 231? And you look like that. Is he worth it? This, hell no. Look, look, this is the bad part about it, right? <laughs> this is the bad part about it. He did so bad that that ended up causing him his running back. That's how yeah. bad it was. You see how many people yeah. was around Nick Chubb because they couldn't stop Nick Chubb? Nick Chubb was the mm-hmm. only positive thing moving for that offense. If he had any inkling of moving the ball efficiently through the passing game other than Amari Cooper, because Amari Cooper was lighting them on fire, he was listen, he was missing so bad. He was throwing like passes out of bounds like ten yards over their head out of bounds. It's like, wait, hold on. You've been practicing all off season. You've been wanting to get back and, and got back and still can't uh really turn this thing around. I feel like they overhyped you like crazy. Lamar Jackson was right about him being a better player than you. For you to get 231, and they was up here trying to lowball Lamar. Lamar, good job. Shout out to Miss Jackson for getting that money for you. Because if that's what it is to, to get 230 million dollars, then we all need to go out and be a quarterback yeah. in the NFL. Only thing that was helping him was that he was able to uh, lose uh, pressure at a given time and scored. I think was a two point conversion that he pulled off. Other than that, T.J. Watt was in his face, and he knew T.J. was coming. Like. You got to get away from TJ. If TJ wasn't effective, the Steelers would have lost that game. You got to like try to neutralize him as best as you can, get away from him, and couldn't. And that's what ended up being the death of that game for them. At the end of the day, I'm not, I'm not buying that. Uh, put Deshaun Watson in the same classes as Justin Fields. They, those two are brothers. They look alike at that, but no, nah, I ain't gonna say they look alike. But I'm being funny. But they, their, their styles are similar. They, they got to show me that they can complete passes. Um, he threw that game away. Cleveland could have won. It's unfortunate that they lost Nick Chubb, but I'm Deshaun Watson. Please, you, you, God is on your side. God really got you for real for you to get that money and and playing questionably against big competition. You beat the Bengals, but can't beat the Steelers that are reeling. The Steelers aren't good right now. I'm gonna tell you the truth. The Steelers have the issues offensively. And defensively, T.J. Watt is everything on the defensive side of the ball. Highsmith came through for them too, but 
if it wasn't for those two, the Steelers would have been lost in the sauce again. Yeah, I mean, I got I, a question. Deshaun Watson, you are on, put on notice. Go ahead. Everybody keeps telling me how great Deshaun Watson was when he was in Houston. Yeah. I think they only went to the playoffs one time. Um, and they lost was it, was it one after time? they had a huge lead. Two times, right? two times. Oh, two yeah. times. My bad. They went two times. Two times. Right? He was there, they should have they they beat years. the Chiefs that year. They were up big on the yeah, Chiefs, I mean, and they blew that game. Right. Because he could – he stopped completing passes. Let's mm-hmm. be honest. He stopped completing passes. Um, right. Stop telling me how great Deshaun Watson is, because the only time he had a really good year and the team didn't win that many games, he was out there sexually assaulting people. Okay? <laughs> so either they need to hire him some masseuses to come into the building, or they need to accept the fact that Sean Watson's got his stats. His stats are going to be amazing, right? But the, his team ain't going to win no damn games. No, he, he's a he's a he's a he's an empty calorie guy. He is an empty calorie guy. He's empty calories. Think but do you think they're not running the, the the right offense around him? Do you think they're he's he's not comfortable in the offense? He had DeAndre Hopkins in Houston. He got Amari Cooper in Cleveland. Miss me with the offense nonsense. No, I mean not the offensive players, but I don't I don't think he's comfortable in this offensive scheme. I think Stefanski's got to change it, the offense to, to tailor around him. Square like square oh, pegging around. Something real quick. Yeah, real quick, real quick. Because he had the like, throw in that game, Barry. He had windows to make. No, no, I agree. Even, I even agree. In, the, I agree. in the game decider, in that, in that fourth down play where um, jo- um, Joey Porter Jr. Uh, had the defensive question, like they think is a pass interference. That's a pass Barry, that ball was uncatchable. Barry, he threw, he threw the ball out of bounds. Yeah. No, 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 no I, know, I know, I know, I know. I know. With the, I know. I know. With the hell? You want to throw him make ball? Listen, what? I know. I feel like that's that ball. What would he say? Forty five million dollars a motherfucker. He said crazy. He said crazy. What? You think you? You think you kidnapped Chelsea Clinton? Guys, serious. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I mean, he, 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 he can kind of took what I was going to say. You can't sit there and blame Stefanski for that because at the end of the day, Stefanski yeah. called the plays that were open. Deshaun, Deshaun Watson was missing dudes wide open. And again, the finger food right. that I just recorded that's about to be uploaded, I state all of that. At the end of the day, Deshaun Watson. Again, I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm not saying he's a quarterback. I'm. I'm. Again, but at the, there are plays to be made, and he's not making them. Now, I get the right. whole magnitude of the game. You're saying you're running the ball to the third. Nick Chubb goes down with essentially career-ending injury on what to the third, and, and, and it takes the sales out of your win. If you're a 260 million dollar quarterback, is that that moment when you step? the F up and you ball and you put your team on your back and you say, I'm going to get this one and move on. Your passes weren't accurate. You, 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 you commit penalties left and right. You're responsible for 45 yards and penalties by yourself. Just on face mask, face mask alone. Your passes were I forgot that. Yeah, your yeah. you, you, you passes were inaccurate, okay? You you wasn't making good decisions with the football. And so again, TJ White and Alex Hoskins were doing their thing. But if you're the if you're a two hundred and fifty million dollar quarterback, okay, it is your job to put the team on your back and carry them and he just didn't get it done. And again, he hasn't gotten it done. I heard a report I heard a report yesterday talking about well, you know, 
He's coming back off of suspension December third. This man played seven games last year, had a whole all season to do all of the things that he needs to get himself back right. Amari Cooper played. Okay, it was reported leading up to kickoff that Amari Cooper wasn't going to play. Amari Cooper played and played well. Where was David Njoku? This man caught one pass on, on, on mm. Monday night. Did you not look for your tight end? Do you not understand how to read and scout our defense? We, were, we are reeling right now. Okay, Minka Fitzpatrick mm. was gone. We had Cole Holmes mm-hmm. trying to cover your, 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 your speedy clock guy. Where was your accuracy? An accurate passer. And that game Monday night would have beat us by 20. Because my offense mm-hmm. wasn't doing a damn thing. That's a fact. We wouldn't yeah. score with anybody. And Deshaun Watson dropped the bag there. Absolutely. Mike, real quick. This shows you how desperate the NFL is uh, and how few great <laughs> quarterbacks there are out there. And I say that because right. Lamar was there, Burrow was in Cincinnati. Uh, once Deshaun Watson's finally going to get this suspension over with, it looks like he's finally going to be able to come back. They got went off potential. This guy looked like possible top five quarterback in the league. We Cleveland, no nobody want to come here. We just uh, Baker Mayfield ruined his career here with weapons. We think we got some guys, so let's do everything we can to show how desperate we are and get a guy to come here and play. So they give this guy all this money, and if it ends up not working, good on him. They gave him that much guaranteed money for a guy that had done Jack to ever deserve uh, that kind of money yet up front. It's crazy to me to think how hard it was for Lamar to get paid. At least that man had been an MVP, had won a few playoff games. Sure, he lost one to Tennessee one year he shouldn't have lost. But multiple times in the postseason, and at least contending and an MVP, they didn't want to pay him. Yeah, Cleveland goes around and throws out $230 million for a guy that's played a couple of good years and already had one or two injuries short in season. So there's a reason why one of these franchises, uh, I mean, it, it just tells you, you, you some organizations are more stupid than others. You reap what you sow if this is what happens. Yeah, they overpaid. And, you know, good for Watson to get his money. Um, you don't have to prove it. It's guaranteed. <laughs> oh, well. We got two minutes left. Uh, thanks, everybody, for calling in. Uh, Chandler, give us a quick plug. Give me who you think is going to win tomorrow night, and uh, you know I can't wait to listen to you guys tomorrow. Who's playing tomorrow? Minnesota, right? Uh, Giants and Forty uh, Niners. Giants and Forty Niners. Forty Niners, and I need Mel Tucker to shut the hell up. Have a good night, guys. We talked about it earlier. We talked about it earlier. TP brought it up. We can't wait. We can't wait to listen tomorrow. We're going to listen tomorrow. Thank you for calling in, Chandler. Uh, Harvey, give us a quick plug so we can get out of here. Niners, check us out tomorrow night and Sunday morning, 11 a.m. Me and TP, time to Sunday morning brunch. Let's see you tomorrow. Give us a quick plug, brother. I got the Niners about 20. Shout out to everybody who's rocking with us, man. Finger food dropping tomorrow. Stay tuned, man. God bless. Catch you on the next one. Yeah, I need that finger food, brother. Um, listen, I got the Giants because that's my team. I, I'll go front on them. I don't care. We're going to win. We're going to pull it out. We're going to figure out a way. Uh, yeah, thanks, guys, for calling. Uh, shout out to uh, PHI Apparel for sponsoring the show. Use that promo code CHEF. Stomp that that, uh, that, that, that code and get that 15% off. Uh, get to the website, sportscitychef.com. We're cooking all week. Uh, a lot of things come. I, I probably will have a fantasy article cooking up tomorrow. Going to have a lot of fun with that. 
CP Timeless, you know what to do, man. Get us out of here, bro. Um, I'm an 80 baby, but um, I, I do like a little rock and roll. Shout out to the Eagles. The song went Hotel de California. If you never heard it, they said it's a lovely place. That That's all I know. You play the song one time on YouTube, you'll get it. I, I heard that song too many times. I love that song. Big Lebowski. Hotel de California. Big Lebowski. Huh? Big Lebowski. That's where uh, I first heard that song. Oh, oh wow. He, he threw the movie in there. Okay, what if I, hey, but you, you, you get the drip. You get the drip. The, the picture that I'm picking is Hotel of California. The damn sure ain't New York I Hotel. I damn sure ain't giving you New York Hotel. I'm just you know, man. If y'all, if y'all, if y'all pull that out, either Vegas up to something or somebody got hurt in that Niners game. The spread is 12-something, I think it is. So I, I think this is a pretty uphill battle for the Giants. But I really feel like it'll be some shock. Like, I think the Giants do cover. I think they do stay within the game, but I don't think they can go in there and win that game. Uh, stay tuned to everything that we got going on, Sports City. I know it's going to be electric tomorrow. I can feel the energy from Chandler about that Mel Tucker. I told y'all. I told y'all he was ready. I tried to get him here, but they said, you know, he probably had things come up. Uh, thank you, Sports City. We're trying to do as much work as possible, keeping that good old food for thought in this building. Hopefully, y'all can still do these dishes. On that note, tell a friend to tell a friend that it's the chefs again. And if they don't know, now they know. Sports City, Sports City, chefs, chefs. Sports City, Sports City, chefs, chefs. Sports City, Sports City, chefs, chefs. Sports City, Sports City, Kaboom, Sports City Chefs is in the room, cooking up hot topics to put up on your spoon. They well in tune, blown like a flower in June. Superman verse, MF Doom, the clouds loom. So tell a friend, it's the Sports City Chefs again. Pay attention, tune in, we on the set again. Sports City, Sports City Chefs, Chefs. Sports City, Sports City Chefs, Chefs. Uh-huh.